You're listening to a sermon from the preaching and teaching ministry of First Presbyterian Church, Covington, Tennessee. Our mission is to proclaim Christ's kingdom through word and deed. You can learn more about us at 1pc-covington.org or join us for worship at 403 South Main Street, Covington, Tennessee. The scripture for today comes from the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 10, verses 35 through 45, before we read and proclaim His Word, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Living God, help us to hear Your Holy Word, that we may truly understand, that understanding we may believe, and believing we may follow in all the faithfulness and obedience, seeking Your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord, Amen. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand, one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left hand is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they they, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called to them and said to them, You know that those who are supposed to rule over the Gentiles lord lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But that shall be not so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be called slave of all. For the Son of Man also came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. It's the word of God for the people of God. I want to raise a question with you this morning, and it's a very simple question. What is the secret of success in life? For each one of us as individuals, for each one of us as Christians, and for all of us together as a community of believers. What is for us the secret of success? Well, quite simply, it is this. The secret of success in life is the willingness of a person or of a church to do whatever is necessary in order to succeed. To be successful in life, a person or a group of people must be willing to do whatever needs to be done in order to succeed. It's just that simple. George Patton who would later go on to become one of the most famous American generals in World War II, was a 29-year-old tank commander in the First World War. The principal assignment of Patton's tanks in that conflict was to protect the infantry from machine gun and artillery fire as they were crossing over difficult terrain. There was one major problem with those early tanks, however, and it was that whenever you were inside one of them, it was difficult to see where you were going. And during one particularly heated engagement, in order to see more clearly 
what was going on so that he could direct his tanks more effectively, Patton climbed out of the tank in which he was riding and he led his tanks across the battlefield on foot. It was a very risky, but ultimately successful decision. And throughout his life, George Patton was successful in whatever he decided to do because in whatever circumstance he found himself, he was willing to do whatever was necessary. He was willing to do whatever he had to do in order to succeed. One day, a very long time ago, two of Jesus' disciples came to him asking for a favor. They wanted Jesus to allow them to sit one on his right hand and one on his left hand when he came into his glory. They wanted to be recognized by Jesus. And they also wanted to be recognized by the other disciples as having succeeded in life, of having reached the top as successful people. But Jesus said to James and John, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? In other words, Jesus was saying to them, are you willing as I am willing to do whatever has to be done in order to be a part of what God is doing in this world? To their credit, both James and John answered, yes, we are able. And Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup that I drink, and you will be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized, but to sit on my right hand or on my left is not mine to grant. What does it take to be successful in life? What does it take to be successful as a follower of Jesus Christ? What does it take to be successful as a church, as a community of faith? The answer to the question is really quite simple. And there are three things that need to be said. First of all, is that those who are successful in life are almost invariably those dedicated individuals who are willing to pay a price that few other people are willing to pay. The ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in Rome was painted by Michelangelo. That task required him to lie flat on his back for hours at a time. This was a problem for Michelangelo, however, because he suffered from chronic back troubles. And whenever he lay on his back too long, he experienced terrible pain. So what did he do? Well, we know what he did. He laid on his back all day long, every day, for over 20 months. He often slept in his clothes up in the scaffolding so that he could go back to work as quickly as possible the next morning. And as a result of his incredible dedication, he painted one of the greatest masterpieces of all time. And that's how success happens. It happens because there are people who have a high level of commitment, 
who are willing to devote long hours and hard work to the task at hand, who are continually focused on the prize to be won. 1949, an American scientist began working on a cure for a devastating disease known as polio. He worked 16 to 18 hours every day, six days a week, for five very long years. His ultimate discovery of a vaccine for polio made Dr. Jonas Salk a success in the world of medicine, one of the most famous physicians of his day. But Dr. Salk would never have succeeded in finding a vaccine for polio had he not been willing to do what he had to do in order to succeed. Success in this life comes whenever a person is willing to pay the price required. Jesus asked James and John, can you drink the cup that I drink? Jesus knew that the final victory over the forces of death and darkness and despair against which he struggled would cost him his life on a Roman cross. Were these disciples willing to pay so dearly to share in Jesus' success? A friend of mine told me about conducting a funeral several years ago for the father of one of his church members. The man had been a member of a different denomination, and there were two other ministers assisting in the service. And one of the member ministers, speaking of the deceased, said, and I quote, our dear brother worked off and on for the Lord for 40 years. And it struck my friend as a very odd thing to say about someone that he had worked off and on for the Lord. I suspect, however, that the same could be said about all of us. And in that sense, we need to be reminded this morning that success in this life as individuals and as a church comes from being willing to do better than off and on. It comes from being willing to do whatever we need to do. It comes from being willing to pay a price that few others are willing to pay. That's the first thing. Second thing is that success in this life also comes from being willing to make the hard decisions that others are unwilling to make. Dr. Robert Broadway tells about a heartbreaking decision he once had to make. This was a number of years ago when the government was just starting to fund kidney dialysis programs across the country. The federal government had set up a number of pilot projects in several major cities. Funds were so limited, however, that committees had to be set up to decide who would receive dialysis treatments and who would not. And Dr. Broadway was on one of those committees. One evening, his committee had to meet in order to choose between two patients who had asked for treatment. Because a local hospital did not have enough equipment to offer dialysis to both of these patients, only one of them could be chosen. One of the patients was a young working man with a wife and three small children. 
The other was a lovely 16-year-old girl who dreamed of one day becoming a concert violinist. Whoever received the dialysis would live. And whoever did not receive it would almost certainly die. And it was up to this committee to decide. Well, Dr. Broadway the next morning did what I would have done in his place. He resigned from the committee. <laughs> he just could not bring himself to make that kind of decision that had that kind of impact on the lives of other people. And who would of a, among us could not fail to appreciate the agony he must have gone through? How many of us would want to make those kinds of decisions ourselves? Sometimes, however, life does not give us a choice. Sometimes, hard and difficult decisions cannot be avoided. And it is only those brave souls among us who are able to be decisive in those incredibly difficult moments who will achieve success. Eleanor Roosevelt once put it like this. She said, a person's philosophy of life is best expressed not in the words that he speaks, but in the choices that he makes. In the long run, we human beings shape our lives and shape ourselves, and the process never ends. And the choices that we make are our responsibility. Many of us, I'm afraid, have made the mistake of believing that we will be able to achieve our dreams and ambitions in our life, that we will be able to do all the great things that God has called us to do without having to make difficult decisions along the way. And yet we know deep down that that's just not the way it is. Success in this life comes to those who are willing to pay a price that few others are willing to pay and to make the hard decisions that few others are willing to make. There is yet one thing more that needs to be said. And it is this, that those who succeed in life are also those individuals and those groups of people who are willing to give to life and to the world around them more than they expect to receive in return. It is my experience that no person has ever been honored for what he received from life. Honor is the reward we bestow on those who give to life. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And this was no pious platitude. This was his formula for successful living. Those who go out and get from life may shine briefly for a time, may even achieve a certain celebrity. But those who go out and give to life and to the world around them are the most loved and the longest remembered. Story is told of a monk who one day found a precious stone and he kept it. And one day he met a traveler, and as he opened his bag to share his provisions, the traveler saw the jewel, and he asked the monk to give it to him. And the monk did so without 
raising a single question. Well, the traveler departed overjoyed by this unexpected gift, but a few days later, he came back in search of the monk, and when he found the monk, he gave him back the stone. And then he said this. He said, please give me something more special than that stone. Give me whatever it is in you that enable you to give that to me. And that is the right thing. The ability to give is far greater and a far more wonderful thing than the ability to get. Success in this life comes to those who are willing to give and willing to give more than they ever hope to receive in return. So what about us? What about those of us here today? Are we as individuals? Are you as a church willing to do whatever we have to do in order to be successful as followers of Jesus Christ? Are we willing to do whatever it is that he may call upon us to do? Are we willing to pay the price that is greater than others are willing to pay? Are we willing to make the difficult decisions that others are unwilling to make? Are we willing to give to life and to those around us more than we will ever hope to receive in return? You know, it's my firm conviction that the Christian church has endured and prevailed throughout these last 20 centuries because there have always been at the heart of the church's common life those dedicated individuals who were willing to do whatever needed to be done that the kingdom of God could prosper and succeed. Now to be sure, not all of those saints of the past were considered successful in the eyes of the world around them, but they were tremendously successful in God's eyes. Their names may never be known to history, like the Apostle Paul or Simon Peter, but they were also disciples of the Lord. And whether they sit today at his right hand or at his left, we have no way of knowing. But certainly, they are there in his presence. But what about us here today? Are we made of the same stuff as those who have gone before us? Will our contributions to this world in which we live and to this church in which we worship continue to live on long after we are gone? Will this church, will this community, will this nation, will this world be a better place? Because we have been a part of it. Will we make a difference? There's a life and ministry of the Christian church. Each one of us here this morning has the opportunity to reach out and touch the lives of other people with the good news of God's love for them in Jesus Christ. We have an opportunity to be a part of the wonderful things that God is doing in our world. And in doing so, to be a blessing, not only to those who share life with us here and now, but also to those who will come after us long after we have departed from this earth. So come, let us, you and I, let us be the kind of people who will really and truly make a difference for good in our world. Let us pay the price that is required. Let us make the decisions that need to be made and let us give. Give to life and give generously 
and in abundance. Because if we do, God will bless us, and we will be a blessing to others. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for calling us to the life of faith. Thank you for calling us to be your servants here in this place and in this time. Lord, help us to see the example of all those who've gone before us and help us to be faithful each and every day. For we pray our prayers as we seek to live our lives in service to your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And you've been listening to a sermon from the preaching and teaching ministry of First Presbyterian Church, Covington, Tennessee. Our mission is to proclaim Christ's kingdom through word and deed. You can learn more about us and listen to other sermons at onepc-covington.org or join us for worship at 403 South Main Street, Covington, Tennessee.